Welcome to Northgate's podcast. We pray you enjoy the teaching of God's Word. May the Holy Spirit encourage, exhort, and comfort you. We invite you to come and see what the Lord is doing at Northgate. Come and grow with us. May you be blessed by the God of hope. For those who have served in ways that have cost them, We want to give thanks and we want to honor them. Lord, it doesn't matter what we do, we're to do it with all our might for God's glory. And we give thanks for those who have protected us, who have served, who have worked for peace in our world, for our nation. And Lord, some have seen some pretty awful things, things that we can't even imagine. And so we pray that you'd minister to their minds and their hearts. Lord, may we be quick to honor them. May we be quick to respect and care for what they've done for us. Father, there is war all over this world and it does give us opportunity to pray for peace especially the peace of Jerusalem, Lord. And we know the answer is Jesus. Maybe that answer will only come when Jesus comes back. But Lord, you instruct us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, and so we do. We pray for peace all around the world. God, that hate and anger would be done away with. Our solace is that you are in complete control and we trust you. Lord, we do pray for Harmon and Karina this morning that you would minister to them, Lord Jesus, as they are up in the mountain, that, yeah, even their service this morning would be a blessing as those kids are fed and even working through these programs to learn to read and as they have fun together and as your word is taught we pray that you would bless that outreach lord that you would encourage and we do pray for blossom creek as well and the village up there in the church that you would bless it that your hand would be working that many pastors would be encouraged who come to learn there and to be trained there. Lord Jesus, use us however you see fit, whether that's praying, giving, going. Not, not one is better than the other. Lord, help us to see. We think of these shoe boxes, We think of Honduras. We think of this local food outreach. We've been blessed with so much. Lord, may we freely give with thankful hearts, knowing how much we've received. And we pray that you'll bless your word this morning. May you speak to us, Jesus. We pray this in your name. Amen. 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 Robert, if you could flick those lights on for the sake of my eyes, that would be great. If you do have a Bible, Ephesians chapter 4. 
Ephesians chapter 4 this morning. We're not going to take a long section. I knew we wouldn't have a whole lot of time, but we pray that it will be powerful, that God would speak to us. I'm just going to read a little section starting in verse 17 through 24 of Ephesians chapter 4. I'm reading for the New King James Version this morning, and it says this, Now I say therefore and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as they're themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness with greediness. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught by him, as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. I remember parenting, probably not the best parent in the world, so don't follow my way. But I can remember saying to my kids, maybe when they were getting a little older, something like this, why don't you start acting your age? I don't know if maybe you heard that as a kid. Maybe you're 14, 15, and you start hearing that. Well, actually, sometimes I say it to myself, Daniel, you're 50, it's time to act your age. The idea in the statement in this is that we actually live who we are. And I want you to understand, and I think Doug mentioned, but in Ephesians, there's a major break in the book in chapter 4. When we go from who we are in theology to who we are to how we are to walk this out. If you're a person who likes the practical, give it to me, chapter 4 and 5 are for you. Clearly, as we see in 4 chapter 1, Paul, who says he's a prisoner, reminds us he's in jail, tells us, he beseeches us, or other translations, begs us to walk worthy of the calling in which you were called. Be who you are. If you're a Christian today, what he's saying is, act like one. So that's basically chapter 4 and 5. And he begins in four, as we mentioned yesterday, with spiritual gifts and using them in offices in the church and unity in those areas together. Put yourself in a lowly position. That's what a a Christian does in church. He's not thinking about himself. He's not pushing his own agenda, her agenda. That's who you are. Live like that. That's who Jesus is. Because Jesus humbled himself and made himself nothing for us. We are little Christ, little Christians. That is our calling. If that's who we are, that's what we should be. And so he's given gifts. And that is so wonderful to see because we know as he has descended but ascended, the Holy Spirit came. He said, I should ascend. It's better that I go. Why? Because the Holy Spirit will come. And I don't want to review all of that, but to tell you, the first 16 verses are kind of in that corporate unity, using gifts, ministering one to another, because the church isn't the pastor, the elders doing the work. It is the body doing the work. Amen? So our job in any little way, or if you have a gift of 
shepherding, teaching, evangelism, whatever it is, is to help others to do that so they can do the work to build up the body. Church is everybody using their gift, as Doug told us, because God is able to strengthen each other for God's glory. But there's a little transition there again in verse 17 where he gets maybe a little more, not so much corporate, but to personal behavior. He kind of narrows in, and as he goes through the chapter, he's going to go to some specific areas. We're not going to hit them today so much, but 25, 26, he talks about lying, being angry and not sinning, not stealing, forgiveness, and these are really personal things. But he starts by saying, listen, Don't be like the rest of the Gentiles. And what does he mean like that? Because we're all Gentiles. But remember, back in Ephesians, he's saying, we are all one, the household of God now. So he's saying, don't be what you were before Christ. That's what he's saying to them. And he's saying, don't walk its action, right? To what you were before you knew Jesus. He says they're a little bit ignorant, they're blind of heart, they're past feeling, they've given themselves to lewdness, to all uncleanness, to greediness, but you are not to be like that. And here, a little context of Ephesus might help and what they were saved out of. Ephesus was a large Greek city under Roman rule, and it had many, many resources, modern-day Turkey. We know it was quite rich. Some say it was one of uh, the most precious jewels in the Roman Empire's crown. So there's a, a lot of money working there. We know from history and the Bible that they served the goddess Diana or Artemis. She was the god of the hunt, But what's more important and more not so good is they had a huge, massive temple there. And it was one of the seven wonders of the ancient world where they would worship Diana and there'd be all sorts of impurity. There'd be all sorts of prostitution. And that's how they worship this goddess. By the way, some people believe that's where we get Wonder Woman. If you've ever watched the movie, the goddess Diana. But that was the center of their culture. And that's who they worshipped. And they were full of resources. And they worshipped this woman. But not only that, not only did they have probably the largest temple of the ancient world, And not only was it full of sexual immorality and impurity, not only was it one of the richest cities, but note this, in Ephesus, history tells us they had the largest library in the Roman Empire. 12,000 scrolls. So, interesting. I find this all very interesting. It's leading in so-called intellect, but I don't know if it's so intellect because actually this is all proved in scripture too because in Acts chapter 19, you might know when they had revival there, they had a big book scroll burning. Remember that? 
of magic incantations, and it says thousands and thousands of pieces of silver worth of scrolls, or we'll call them books, that the people realized this is not something we should be doing. Not only that, we know money because the reason Paul actually got the boot after three years because he was affecting Diana the craftsman says in Acts 19, they're making these little things so they could worship the goddess, these trinkets or little idols. But now their business was going downhill because people weren't doing that anymore. And thus they get upset like, who is Paul? He's taking our money and resources away. How interesting. But these three things, this is the culture they were saved from. Sexualized, worshiping things that weren't true, serving intellect that was way far off, and resources. Um, interesting, because he says, you've given yourself to lewdness, uncleanness, and greediness. Huh! Doesn't scripture always match up with history? I love that. But then I began thinking like, is our culture any different? Think about it. Do we worship money and resources? Do we worship sexuality? Do we worship not godly knowledge, not intellect that leads us to God and learning about things, but magic, cantations, self-help, do this, do that. Huge industry especially in North America. Because when you have resources, you're trying to figure everything out. In my journey in that village in Honduras, they were not worried about learning certain things. They just wanted to survive. But Ephesus is not too far like us. And this is what they're saved out of. Money, sex, relying on their mind to figure things out. And Paul says, listen, they're even past feeling in verse 19. It means like this stuff doesn't happen all at once. Past feeling, you know, in the New Testament, Paul says, I don't want your conscience to be burned. Sometimes with youth, I have this thing. I say, if you wear glasses, we put a little butter on there. It gets a little cloudy. We put a little more, it gets a little cloudier. We like, you can't, pretty soon if you keep putting it on, you can't see out at all. And that's what the past feeling, the, the conscience being burnt is Satan takes us away and it's never all at once. It's this slow progression deep into sin. And by the way, if being a Christian is different, there's only one spiritual force that is behind the rest of it. But Satan appears as an angel of light. A little butter on the glasses here, little grease there. You know, you got to clean it and you get those spots. I can't see. There's a little blotch on my glasses, right? Just see the blotches is growing over and over to the point where you can't even see reality. Actually, he said, you're blind. You're blind. He says, that's what you come from. You don't even know what's right or wrong anymore to these ideas of lewdness, uncleanness, and greediness. And we see them in the history of Ephesus when we see them now. 
But you, I love the buts of the Bible. <laughs> Verse 20, have not so learned Christ. You know, we spent a lot of time and we're going to talk about that just a little bit here. That's not Jesus. Jesus didn't save you for you to continue on in sin. He didn't con- save you so you couldn't see. Do you know that? But you, you have not so learned if indeed you have heard him. And if you have been taught by him, as in the truth of Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, these things, and don't get dragged back in. By the way, he's writing to Christians. Hello? These are not unbelievers. So say, oh, it's to them. It's to the saints. It's to us. Basically, Paul's saying, not so. Don't go back to the behavior that is not consistent with what you call yourself to be. Good sermon, right? And we all need to hear this. It's an action now. Your walk is to put off your former conduct. Because it grows corrupt according to deceitful lusts. Remember the progression. Commitment usually with compromise leads to confusion. That's the flow. Starts up here. But be renewed. Here's our answer. In the spirit of your mind. I love how he puts that together. Like spirit of your mind. Right? That you put on the new man, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. You know, years ago, and maybe you guys are ahead of me, and I hope not to offend anyone because I do see a little truth in it, but I struggled with this my whole life. Maybe that you've heard this a bit. You know, you got... Satan on one shoulder, or he's the bad dog. You ever heard that? And you got the good dog. Come on, you've heard it in sermons, right? And whatever dog you feed, whatever dog you feed, and my dogs eat a lot, by the way. And with their own food, they're always looking for food. But whatever dog you feed, is going to be the healthy one. So we're told, you feed good behavior and not bad behavior. Come on, everyone taught that? Well, a few years ago, God totally radically changed my mind to that. And I see a little truth in that, but I see it's missing a lot. And where do I get that from? Right here. If you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, He has made you a new man, new woman, through what He has done on the cross. And it's not about what you've done, it's about what He has done. He paid the price. Actually, you know what Scripture would say? He finished the old man. The old man, Romans, was buried, done with, 
And you come up new. And so sometimes this battle of, I have to do more to feed this, and I have to, don't do this. And I'm not saying you don't do right, but I'm saying maybe we should start thinking about every morning. It's not about what I do more or the other. It is about who I am in Christ Jesus. And I simply want to be what God has called me and made me to be. And it's a game changer when you're fighting sin. This is huge because one puts it all on you and your ability and one looks to Christ and everything that he has done. And if you want to trust your ability of who you're feeding and all that you can do and you're not looking at Jesus and what he's done, you will fail. You will go past feeling, get dragged down. It might take a long time, a week, a month. Maybe you're super self-willed and it will take years. But you will end in that place if you are not putting on and believing the work of Christ in your life. Jim Tizek had a sermon a long time ago here and I never forgot it. And he said, he thinks every morning, who am I putting on? Am I putting on the truth of who I am in Christ? Or am I putting on this battle of I've got to fight in my strength to beat the old man? It does not work. Every morning we need to remind ourselves, what does it say? The mercies of God are new every morning. And I am a new creation in Christ because he has saved me, not just once when I confessed him as Lord of my life, but continually he has made me new in him. And if I believe who I am, I will act that way. You know, some stories with young girls, and probably should have said it more, but learning the fathers who tell their daughters their whole life, you're beautiful, you're beautiful, you're beautiful. Guess what they start thinking? You're beautiful. But if you hear every day, you're ugly, you're ugly, you're ugly, what are you going to think? You're ugly. You know what God's saying? Because of Jesus, you're new. And that's what Paul's saying. Take off the old. That's not who you are anymore. That is not who you are. You are new in Christ. So dress in that truth, in the spirit of your mind, every single day. Are you fighting with sin? Are you challenged? Am I telling you not to try? No, but what I'm telling you is renew in your mind of the mercies and the truth of what Christ has done for you. And we can go through the list and I feel called just to sit down next week on be angry and do not sin because I think we don't understand that very well and I'll do that. But, you know, these ideas of, of lying, like, oh, i got to stop lying. If I understand I'm a Christian and there's no... There's no untruth in Christ, and I'm like Christ, and that's who I am. That'll help me defeat lying. Do you understand that? If I understand that Christ was angry and did not sin, and if I understand that and I'm like him, that's what I will become like. Who are you? Who are you this morning? You are a new creation, created according to God. Note this, in true righteousness and holiness. Put off the old. Ephesus, Lanark County, 
Ontario, Honduras, it doesn't matter where you live. You have been saved because of the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. And as you believe that, you need to live in that. You need to walk in that. Simple illustration again. You say, someone's hurt me, I can't forgive. No, you can't. But Christ forgave those. And Christ in you can forgive as you choose to put on who you truly are this morning. I don't care what it is. You fill in the blank and we can get to the truth of how Christ would respond. That's who you are and he lives in you. Amen? We don't have to go further. Let's apply it. Let's walk in it every morning, putting on the truth and getting rid of the thinking of the old. Amen? So thank you, Jesus, this morning. Yeah, we're going to celebrate communion because in the love of God in sending Jesus, Jesus dying on the cross, and, and the word of God says, how are you saved? The Philippian jailer, how can I be saved? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe in the work that he has done. And we are transformed into new creation. That the old, that he died for our sins. And that he's given us his righteousness. And in that work, we are righteous and we are holy. And we need to put on that truth of what we're celebrating in communion. No matter what kind of week you had. Maybe you slipped. Maybe you fell short. The truth is that you, as you believe, are forgiven. And you are holy and righteous. And it's what Jesus has done. But I want to say this very clearly. If you don't believe in Jesus, you can't claim to be new. If you don't want to receive his forgiveness, you can't be that new creation. Do you understand that? And there might be some in this room who are pondering, thinking, who live religious lives, who are trying very hard to feed the good dog, but you've never truly accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Jesus is always inviting, and today is the day of salvation. He is always inviting. And this morning, maybe you've fallen away from this truth. Maybe you've never believed in this truth. But Jesus is calling, knocking at the door of your heart and saying, I so desperately want to come in. I want to make you new. I want to forgive you. I want to give you my righteousness. I'm inviting you to a relationship for eternity. This morning... You can do that in your heart and your mind and simply say, God, forgive me for doing it on my own. I want to turn. I want to repent. And I want to believe in and walk in what you've made me to be.
Is that you? Come on, we don't have to run away. It's really okay to have kids here. Don't worry about that. It's awesome, actually. Don't be distracted in this moment. I don't care where you've been to church. I don't care if you've been to church here. But have you truly invited Christ in to forgive you? Simply, Jesus, forgive me. I need you. I receive you. If you've slipped away, I just want to pray for you too. Would you come back to the truth that you are a new creation? And would you not let the shame and the guilt and the accuser keep you down because you've been feeding that old dog, that bad dog, and you think you're worthless? Maybe you haven't read your Bible enough. Maybe you're just flat out sinning. Would you come back and turn to the one who has made you new? I love it. Today is the day of salvation. I don't care where where you were yesterday or where you'll be tomorrow. Today, live in that truth. God, help us. Let that grace overflow us. That we can be free to walk who we truly are. And Holy Spirit, would you empower us to walk as Christians in purity, in generosity, in faith. Thank you, Jesus. The elements are in the back. Northgate, we love, as, as most of you know, to celebrate Jesus for the reasons I've expressed, because it takes our mind off ourselves. So use this time to enjoy to celebrate, to worship. Maybe if you've been far away or you need prayer or you want to confess, you know, there'll be elders and others in the back. We'd love to celebrate with you. We're not, we're not here to judge you. We're here to celebrate if you want to seek God. We're here to love you no matter what's happened. But as you come to Him, it's okay to, to tell someone to get prayer. Or if you've got something you need to pray about, we'd love to pray with you and for you. Man, it's so good to celebrate Jesus who has made us new. Amen. Sure. It's just something I felt very strong about. Spending time with God this weekend. And it, it was so strong, the Holy Spirit, that it was, it was, I just said, wow, that's so easy. God wants us to love. God is love. That's all we need to do on this earth is love others. We're to love our neighbor. We're to love our enemies. We're to love everybody. You know, Jesus loved the prostitute. He showed love. He showed love to He showed love to the persecutor. He showed love to the thief. We're not just supposed to show love. It's easy to show love to our family and our friends. But our neighbor that we're, you know, having a hard time with, or our brother in law, 
or our sister-in-law, if we show that love to them, love will overcome everything. That's what changes people. People that have, you know, been really bad people in this life, when they felt the love of God, it has transformed them right away. And like that is all we need to do is love others. So every morning you have to get up and say, I am putting God first. I am going to love today. I'm going to love that person. Because that person that you're fighting with, if you just show them love, that's it. Just show them love. That will change them. And if it doesn't, it will change you. So I just, it seems so easy to love others. Just love. Every person on this planet, that is what they want. They want love. God is love. They want God. They don't want you to point your finger at that person and say, you're doing this wrong. Jesus never did that. He never said, you're doing this wrong. You should be like this. He just loved them and that changed them. And that's all we need to do is love. That's what God wants us to do. Absolutely impossible if you don't know the love of God. We just can't say we're going to love people. We need God's love in our life to flow through us. Amen? That's the only way. And I, that's why this, I come back to this. I can't love in my own strength. It's only in knowing God's love that I can truly love His way. And that's why we look at Jesus and not our ability to do it, because we will fail. But He will then show us how to love. Amen? Because love comes in a lot of flavors. You know that? I love my children. But it takes different actions at different times. So yes, love. But understand truly what love is. And it only comes from God working through us. Amen? Let's celebrate Jesus. Thanks for listening. If you want any information about our church, check us out at northgateministry.com. If you'd like to listen to more teachings, you can listen at YouTube at Northgate Ministry.